This is the 2448 Podcast. What's up everybody? I'm Matt Broom, your friendly firefighting financial planner, and this is the 2448 Podcast. This show focuses on improving your finances, your side hustles, and moving the fire service forward through honest discussion. Let's get going. Welcome to the 2448 Podcast. My name is Matthew Broom. I hope everybody is doing well today. It is Paycheck Friday, so we are making ends meet today. And we're talking about a topic that can be very emotionally charged, and that's money and marriage. Money is the the number one issue that couples fight about. It's the second leading cause of divorce. And money is really just universal in our lives. We don't make financial decisions. We make life decisions with financial consequences. In a marriage, you're going to make a lot of life decisions together, which is why it's so important to have ongoing financial discussions and productive financial discourse. Every choice you make as a married couple is going to be accompanied by some sort of financial consequence. So if you can't agree on how to best manage your household finances, unnecessary and unwanted strife is sure to set in, and your marriage is not the place that you want strife. It doesn't mean everything's going to be all hunky-dory. No matter what you do, you're going to have disagreements, but you can avoid some of those difficulties by talking about it and talking about it often. So let's talk about why you need to have the money talk, what you need to discuss, and how to actually discuss this topic productively. Like I said earlier, money is universal in our lives, and dealing with it in a marriage is inescapable. Hiding from the monster is only going to make it grow. So facing it head on and discussing it regularly, you can take what's already a great thing, your relationship, and make it stronger. Talking about money doesn't mean you're always going to agree on how to best handle your finances. But you will understand your partner's viewpoint. And hopefully you'll be able to find a mutually beneficial compromise You'll be able to create a plan for your future, create synergy towards laying a solid financial foundation that you can build your financial future on. Unfortunately, a lot of people never get around to having this conversation. And there's a couple of reasons why, I think. And you might skip it because, well, you just got a lot going on. Life happens. We get busy doing life. We get married. We get a mortgage, we have kids, we have jobs, we have bills, we got dinner to cook, we got all, all of these things going on, and you just get busy. And money conversations can fall by the wayside when we get too busy. And also they can just be quite uncomfortable, but that place of being uncomfortable is where you find growth as a couple and as an individual, so don't let a bit of awkwardness stop you from having the money talk. Not having the conversation is just going to create a gap in your relationship. It might start out small, but over time the gap grows like a creek carving out a canyon. And eventually that gap may be unbridgeable, which is why we said earlier, 
money can be one of the top causes of divorce. My wife and I struggle with these things just like everyone else does. Um, I frequently have unrealistic expectations for the amount of money we should spend on certain things in our budget, mainly clothes. I joke that I haven't actually bought a piece of clothing in like a decade, which is true, but that's only because Elena buys my clothes. So, thank you, Elena, for keeping me clothed. We clash over these types of issues all the time. Uh, you know, we have bi-weekly budget meetings, and that's kind of our, our time to talk about our money. So every two weeks, we're sitting down, and we're having a conversation about our money. It's kind of like a, a, a money date, you could say. And through those conversations, we're able to come up with a solution for us as a team, which allows us to manage our money effectively. It's uh, we're always on the same page when it comes to money. We we know, you know, the goals that we're trying to accomplish. We understand when our bills are due, and you know, there's just not a lot of stress around those types of things because we take the time to sit down for 30 minutes to an hour and discuss it, and agree upon how we will spend our money. So. Once you get around to actually having this conversation, what should you be talking about? Well, the first thing you probably want to talk about is your household income. That's the fuel that runs your financial engine. Your income is the fuel that is going to move you towards reaching your financial goals. And you have to remember that there's no longer my income. There's no longer his income or her income. There's household income. You're managing money together. There is no breadwinner. There's just two people focused on winning and putting bread on the table. So whatever you have to do to get the information you need, pull out your W-2s from last year, benefit statements from work, pay stubs, whatever it is, figure out how much money you make in a year. That might seem kind of elementary, but look at how much money you're bringing in because one of the principles of finding financial success is to spend less than you make. Well, if you don't know how much you make, then your spending can quite easily get out of control. So once you've sat down and kind of figured that out, next move on to your debts. These are the, the weight that is going to keep you from moving forward towards your financial goals. Again, it's no longer my debt or her debt or his debt. It's y'all's debt. And you need to create a plan to defeat that debt. Ramsey Solutions uh, did a study back in 2017, I believe, about money and marriage and debt and things of that nature. and They found some pretty interesting st statistics. Uh, it says couples who fight about money have roughly $30,000 in consumer debt on average with nearly two-thirds of all marriages starting off in the red. That means people coming into marriage, whether it's student loans or loans they took out for the wedding, they're coming into the marriage with debt, which can be quite stressful to start out a, a marriage in that manner. And I was in the same boat. I had student loans. My wife had credit card debt. And uh, we sat down and created a plan to pay it off immediately. Almost within the first week we got married, we had a plan to pay off our debt. 
and I know we're kind of weird. I'm, I'm weird. I'm, I was into this stuff before we got married and my wife knew coming into it. I said, Hey, we're, you know, this conversation we're going to have to start. We're going to do a budget. We're going to live on a budget. We're going to pay down our debt and we're going to build wealth. And that was a conversation that we had had over some time long before getting married. So she knew it was coming. And prior to being married, I didn't impose my views on debt and budgeting and all that stuff on her. That was at the time that was still her money. But once we got married, it became our money and we were going to manage it together and we were going to manage it effectively. And debt can very easily just drive up the stress level. It's an, it's an expense that you have to continue paying on and if you don't, somebody's coming after you. That is stressful. I think Romans 13.8 says it best. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The obligation to love your spouse is a debt you never pay off. You're going to be paying that debt for years. And when you quit paying that debt, the relationship sours. So focus on paying off that debt, paying that debt every day, loving your spouse, and pay off all your worldly consumer debts so you don't have to worry about those. And it's kind of funny, you know, you could invest $25,000 into, you know, varying retirement accounts or whatever it is, and that's great. But you don't see people screaming, we invested $25,000 into retirement accounts this year. <laughs> but if you ever listen to uh, Dave Ramsey's podcast and his radio show, they often scream, we're debt free, because it is freeing you are excited you feel like a weight was lifted off your shoulders feeling the freedom of paying off your debt is unreal and working hard to accomplish the goal together is remarkably unifying elena and i found that out firsthand so if you're coming into a marriage like the 63 percent of all marriages that are starting off in the red with debt have the conversation about it preferably i like the debt snowball method you lay out all your debts, you list them from smallest to largest, you have the interest rates, minimum payments, all the information you need laid out there. You could do this with pen and paper, you could put it in a spreadsheet, you could do whatever you want, but you create a plan to pay it off. And the debt snowball pretty much says you pay minimum payments on all debts, but your smallest, you put as much money as you can towards that smallest one, you knock it out, then you snowball into the next largest, or the next smallest one the next debt up the line and you continue that until you're debt free it works really well we did it took us a year we paid off uh, about $25,000 and we saved up our emergency fund and we started investing and well we haven't really looked back since so now that you've got you know what your income is so you pretty much know how much fuel you've got to get you moving towards accomplishing your financial goals. You understand the obstacles now, the debts that you owe. Now it's time to put a plan in place to maximize the income, pay down the debts, and start accomplishing your financial goals. And you do that by utilizing a household budget. 
A budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. That's a wonderful quote by John Maxwell. doesn't matter how many times you hear it. It's always true, and it's always it always just drives the point home. That if you aren't the master of your money, it will just disappear. A budget will bring intentionality to your household finances, but word, quick word of warning, you're not going to get it right. Not to start. It takes a few months of budgeting together to begin to get it right. If you don't understand this when you start, it can be quite frustrating. So take a deep breath and relax. It's okay. It won't bother you as much when you don't quite get it right if you understand that it takes a while to figure this out. Be flexible and figure it out as you go. Personally, Elena and I, we like to do our budget bi-weekly. We get paid bi-weekly. We do our budget in two-week increments. We've gotten very good at doing this, so it doesn't take us a whole lot of time to put it together and sit down, discuss it, and move forward. I know a lot of folks prefer a monthly budget, so just find what works for you and stick to it. There's a lot of great resources out there. Uh, you can use an Excel spreadsheet. You can use YNAB, EveryDollar, Tiller, all sorts of great resources for creating a budget and following it um, month over month. Personally, I use an Excel spreadsheet, but I'm... Um, an Excel nerd. So that budget tells your money where to go. It's what you use to accomplish your financial goals. So the next thing you really need to discuss is what are those financial goals? What are the household financial goals? Common examples might be to pay off debt, save for an emergency fund, save for a down payment, invest for the future, take a once in a lifetime trip to whatever exotic destination you prefer. Those are really quite often you know the normal goals that that everybody should pretty much be be laying the foundation for paying off debt saving an emergency fund saving for a down payment investing for your future those things you have to do so sit down and create a time frame for accomplishing when do you want to have your debt paid off when do you want to have that emergency fund saved up those should be the first two things that you should be focused on in marriage if you don't have three to six months of expenses saved up as an insurance policy against chaos, that's not an investment. Your emergency fund is not an investment. It's an insurance policy against things like we have going on right now, right in the middle of coronavirus uh, mayhem, COVID-19. This is April of 2020, and we've been going through this thing for you know a couple months now, and a lot of people aren't working. They don't have income. Well, if you have six months of expenses set aside and you know that you can weather a corona storm, this event is much less stressful to you. And you have to think about that before something like this happens, because once it happens, it's too late. You need it now. So create a plan to save an emergency fund. There's a direct correlation to the amount of emergencies somebody actually has and whether or not they have an emergency fund. Because when the alternator goes out in your car, it's just a speed bump. You've got the money to pay for it. You just go pay for it. There's no stress about where that money is going to come from. No, you just if you got to take the car to the shop, put the car in the shop, you get it fixed, whatever. You Next budget, you fill your emergency fund back up over the next couple budgets, whatever it is. And you don't really stress about it. Yeah, it sucks. You, you, know, you had a car problem. You had to pay for it. But it's not like you had to scrounge and find that money from anywhere. It was there. It was set aside. It was ready to come to the rescue. And that is quite a nice feeling. And it really just allows you to focus on what is truly important in your life instead of just running from fire to fire, just barely putting them out. So 
please, if one of your financial goals is to take that exotic trip somewhere, don't put that first. If you don't have, if you got consumer debts, you got credit card debts, student loan debts, you have things of that nature, pay those things off. Save your emergency fund. And as Dave says, if you live like no one else now, you can live like no one else later, which quite often can be many exotic trips to wherever you want to go. And you don't have to stress over where the money's going to come from. So once you get to this point, you've, you've probably, if you didn't accomplish this through one conversation, which is unlikely, this is multiple sit downs, especially if you're new to talking about money, it's stressful, it's emotional. You're going to find over time that these discussions become more fluid and natural and much easier to have. The communication strengthens over time. It doesn't mean you're always going to agree, but you will be able to discuss an emotionally charged topic in a productive manner, and that's what money is. It's emotionally charged, but when you're having these discussions, there's a couple things that you got to keep in mind. You got to focus on winning together. Productive money discussions start with an open mindset focused on winning as a team. Money's emotional. Y'all may have differing money scripts. Psychologist Brad Klontz came up with this money scripts idea, and it's basically our attitudes and behaviors around money. It's uh, money avoidance, money worship, money status, money vigilance, and you can read about those uh, in your own time. If you want, just Google Brad Klontz money scripts. It'll come up. But to varying degrees, we all kind of tilt towards some of these things, and... That can cause disagreements between, you know, a husband and wife. But you can't let those disagreements bring the conversation to a dead end. You have to continue the dialogue towards a productive compromise. Recognize that you don't really want to win an argument over your husband or wife, per se. Because what does that make your spouse? It makes them a loser. Nobody wants to be married to a loser, so don't, don't make an argument about winning or losing. It's about finding a productive compromise where you both win. Mutually beneficial compromise. You want to be you want to win together. So be open to compromise. And when you're having these conversations, you've got to take your time, especially if you're new to having money conversations with your spouse. If it's something you've avoided, it's not gonna be easy at first. But, you know, from I do until death do you part is hopefully quite a long time, so you've got some time. You don't have to figure it all out in one sitting. Take your time as you move through the initial stages of talking about money and discovering an effective way to manage your household finances. Uh, the cool thing is, is every time the fable gets told, the tortoise beats the hare. So you just have to keep at it. Don't let the difficulties slow you down. And you've got to bring values into these discussions as well. Because... You could create a plan that's based off of two incomes that you know accomplishes all your financial goals, but if you don't realize that your wife would prefer to stay home with your kids, then your plan isn't going to be successful, and you're going to find yourself arguing over that a lot. So you have to find what you truly value and then build your goals upon that. Your values are kind of like the substrate from which your goals are built upon. And then you can let those values guide your actions. So... It's okay to get touchy-feely here and kind of discuss the softer side of money. One of the best ways to do this is just ask yourself one question. 
Why is money important to me? Or if you're doing this with your spouse, you can ask them, why is money important to you? And let that guide your discussion. Reflect on it. Discuss it together. And you're probably going to find that something will come up like, oh, you know, financial freedom or independence or, you know, something kind of like that. You say, well, why is financial freedom important to you? It's like, well, because I don't want to feel stressed. Why is not feeling stressed important to you? Because I can't sleep at night. You start getting deeper and deeper and deeper into these things, and you, you start finding things out about uh, your partner that you never knew were there sometimes. So don't be afraid to talk about the values behind you know, why you want to accomplish certain financial goals and, and let those values kind of be your, your guiding light as far as creating goals and how you're going to move forward managing your household finances. And keep in mind that if you're not in a good situation, whether you're you know, riddled with debt and you're just having a hard time getting going on this, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, you can't ignore that situation. You've got to take it head on. Ignoring the bad news your doctor gives you doesn't make your illness go away. The same thing applies to your household finances. You have to lean into your money and the challenges that come along with it. You will always have bills to pay. You'll want this. She'll want that. Y'all will probably disagree about a lot. Emergencies are going to happen. Good fortune will come and go. And hopefully your relationship will strengthen and endure through it all. Don't let money become a wedge between you and your spouse. Keep the lines of communication continually open. And use y'all's money as a tool for building the life that y'all desire. Thanks for listening to the 2448 podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share the show however and wherever you see fit. If you have any suggestions, questions, or if you're interested in coming on as a podcast guest, please go to the Facebook page. There's a Google form pinned at the top. Fill it out, and I look forward to hearing from y'all. I hope you enjoyed the music. They are some friends of mine that make up the band All the Locals, and they were generous enough to let me use their music for the show. So check them out. They flip and rock. But until next time, y'all stay safe. Cheers.